Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you are here. We come from a heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone, and so one of the ways that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by turning to the people around us and welcoming them here. Let us say together the words for lighting our chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Our call to worship today is by the Dalai Lama. This is my simple religion. No need for temples, no need for complicated philosophy. Your own mind, your own heart is the temple. Your philosophy is simple kindness. Every congregation needs a guide along the way in order to inform our decisions, in order to let us know what our next steps are. And the guide that this congregation has is its mission, and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Our meditative, meditative reading today is by Amit Ray. We are all so deeply interconnected, we have no option but to love all. Be kind and do good for anyone, and that will be reflected. The ripples of the kind heart are the highest blessings of the universe. Let us now enter into an attitude of prayer and meditation together, where we listen or speak to God as we understand God, or listen to our inner wisdom, or just watch our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. It is in entering the stillness that we feel ourselves held in the arms of love, that we find clarity, that we grow in compassion and kindness. Let us enter into the silence together, understanding that in this congregation, the tiny noises of babies and the noises of life count as part of the silence.
Today's sermon text is a book by John Muth called Zen Ties. Here you see two panda bears, and we'll see how they got there. What's he doing? asked the little girl's mother. He's sitting. Maybe he's waiting for someone, said her mother. Stillwater was waiting for someone. He was waiting for the arrival of his nephew, Koo. Uncle Stillwater, summer, I have arrived. Seeing you brings smiles. Hi, Koo. said Stillwater. John Muth says in his notes that the nephew speaks in haiku and his name is Ku. That made him smile. Haiku, as you all know, is a poetry form that has normally five syllables in the first line, seven in the second line, and five in the third line, I found a young student's haiku online. He said, five syllables here, seven syllables right here. Are you happy now? The author says that the young nephew Ku doesn't always speak in the 575 form, but it's approximate, so don't drive yourself crazy during the story trying to make the nephew's words come out to 575, just sparing you some pain. <laughs> Hi, Ku, said Stillwater. I brought you some welcome balloons who took the balloons and bowed. Do you see welcome balloons here today? Want to point to some welcome balloons? Yeah. This is for the grown-ups, too, this story. An uplifting gift. Could you carry my case, generous uncle? Asked Koo. Koo's about to fly away with those balloons. It is a short walk to the house, but there's a nice park on the way. Let's stop there and have some tea. Stillwater, Koo, and the balloons all sat quietly in the park. I've learned a lot from this story, and the first thing I'm learning is how to make somebody feel welcome. If you have somebody coming to visit you, you might give them a little something. Or they might bring you a little something, like balloons. You might want to sit and have a little tea as a way of relaxing into their company. Has anybody ever gone on a trip to visit relatives? Yeah. 
A trip is nice because it takes you out of your normal routines. A trip is hard because it takes you out of your normal routines. And yet it gives you a different perspective on things. Sometimes uh, when my wife and I are driving through West Texas, we look at each other and say, ah, we're getting aired out. Just feels nice to go into some place that's very different from the place you live. It's nice to be with family, although sometimes it's not as relaxing as being by yourself. (laughs) But it is good to be with people who love you and people who've known you for a long time. And people can say, yeah, you've been like this since you were four years old. Which is sometimes relaxing. And one of the difficult things I hear from people who get older is that all of the folks who knew them when they were little just go one by one out of their lives. So getting older can make it harder to surround yourself with people who love you and know you well, which is one of the good things church is for, because here, if you, if you can do it, Um, which is hard sometimes, but you get known by a lot of people and a lot of people of all different ages. And so you'll always have people who know you. I like that about being in church. Tea was very good. My cup holds emptiness now. Where shall I put it? Asked Koo. Still water did not like to waste. Do you know anybody who doesn't like to waste? Is anybody like that? Does anybody recycle everything? Yeah. We will use these cups every day while you are here, so we should save them. Suddenly, Stillwater burst out laughing. That tickles, he said. Hi, Stillwater, said his friends Addie, Michael, and Carl. We were just coming to see you. Hello, said Stillwater. I would like you to meet my nephew, Koo. The children introduced themselves, and every one ran off to play. Addie invented a game called Jump on Stillwater. (laughs) It was fun. That looks fun. Introducing yourselves is a really good way to start. When I introduce myself, I usually say, Hi, my name is Jules. It's very nice to meet you. It's a great way to start. Let's try. Together. Hi, my name is... Let's try that again. And you can use your name. I'm assuming we don't have a lot of jewels out there. So let's try that again. Hi, my name is... It's very nice to meet you. Michael wanted to ask Stillwater a question. I'm going to be in a spelling bee, Michael said. What would you do if you were in a spelling bee? I would spell words, 
said Stillwater. Michael looked at his shoes. What if you weren't sure of how good you were? I'm anxious about it. I feel like I'm going to mess up. What makes you nervous? What do you get anxious when you think about doing it? Do your best. That's what you're supposed to do, said Stillwater. But it's hard, but it's hard to do my best when I'm nervous, said Michael. Stillwater nodded. Then he smiled. Koo and I have to visit Miss Whitaker this afternoon. I would like to take you and Carl and Addie to come along. The Miss Whitaker who lives on our street, asked Addie. That Miss Whitaker, asked Carl. She hates us. She's really old and she spits when she talks. Every time we walk past her house, she shouts at us. She scares me. She's your friend, Michael asked. Stillwater looked at them. Yes, he said. She isn't feeling well, and we must bring her something to eat. The children helped Stillwater prepare some soup. It smelled very good. Then they put it on a tray with some soft bread. Number one, we do not have any old people who spit when they talk. Just saying. So, here we are learning from this book again. It's hard to know what to do when people are sick, isn't it? It's hard to know how to help them. Because the things you say feel so inadequate. And so, I'm from the Carolinas, and we do the same thing that we do here in Texas. When somebody is sick, what do you do? Food. You bring food. Yes. Uh, we even bring food when somebody passes away. In fact, I had a friend um, in South Carolina who had a freezer full of what she called death bread. <laughs> Did not make me want to eat it. <laughs> but she would bring it whenever somebody was sick or dying. But she didn't tell them what she called it, which I think was wise. So what kinds of things do you put in soup? Just call out what elements you could put in soup. <laughs> this sounds like a really nice soup that you all are going to make. And I made a soup the other day that I was very proud of, and it had hot peppers and chicken in it. And then we put tortilla chips in, and oh, it was really good. So you bring food when somebody's sick. That's what we learn in this book. That's a really good... So we're learning how to welcome. We're learning how to introduce ourselves, which is helpful at coffee hour. And we're learning what to do when somebody's sick. This book just teaches you how to do church, really. As they walked quickly down the street, Stillwater said, Miss Whitaker is a good friend. You'll see. Why on earth did you bring these children here? <laughs> Miss Whitaker shouted. The children backed away. Why do you think Miss Stillwater is shouting? She's probably deaf, hard of hearing, yeah. She doesn't know she's shouting. Why else might she be shouting? She's frustrated. Absolutely. She's sick, somebody said. Yeah. Good. Who was that? I didn't see you. Just raise your hand. There you are, back there. Okay, yeah. She's sick. 
And she doesn't feel good. Do you get kind of mean when you don't feel good sometimes? I do. I do. And I get mean, um, not mean, but I get mad when I'm sick because I feel like I shouldn't be sick. Does anybody have that, that crazy thought? I shouldn't be sick. Yeah, you live in a human body, you're going to get sick. You're temporarily able-bodied, and then you're not. And then you're temporarily able-bodied again, and then you're not. It makes you mad. And you think about the things you used to be able to do that you can't do anymore. Does anybody have things they used to be able to do that they can't do anymore? Yeah. I used to be able to kick somebody in the head from a standing position. I never did it at church. (laughs) Hello, Miss Whitaker, said Stillwater. You look well today. We've brought you some nice soup. Carl looked at Miss Whitaker. She did not look well. She looked thin and small much smaller than she did when she stood on her porch yelling at them for throwing a ball in her yard. Stillwater helped Miss Whitaker up to bed, and he offered her the soup. Sometimes people have to be helped. Who would rather help than be helped? It is good to practice being helped before you are very, very old or very, very sick. Because if you get practice being helped, then you can be sweet and gracious when you are helped instead of grumpy when you have to be helped. And if you are grumpy when you have to be helped, it makes it doubly hard on the people who are helping you because they have to both help you and reassure you that you're not a bad person to need help. Does that make sense? So Miss Whitaker needed help. She even needed help eating the soup. And Stillwater helped her eat the soup by feeding it to her. You could practice this on babies. If you have a baby around in the house, you could practice feeding somebody. Then he asked Addie to sweep the floor. And he asked Michael to open the curtains and the blinds. Carl, hold the dustpan still, said Addie. Carl and Koo are very good at drawing pictures, said Stillwater. I can't see pictures anymore, said Miss Whitaker crossly. Carl and Koo drew several pictures together. When it was time to leave, Stillwater put them up around Miss Whitaker's bed. He told her they would come back tomorrow. Outside, the children said goodbye. Bye, said Carl. Bye, said Daddy. See you tomorrow, said Stillwater. I don't know, said Michael. I should study for my spelling bee. You should come, said Stillwater. You should come early. One of my favorite things to do is to paint and draw. And what I love to do is create gifts for people with my paintings and drawings. Because I love to share, when I'm, when I'm making them, I love to, the feelings that come when I'm creating and drawing for somebody, for that person. And when I give it to them, they get to have their own feelings. 
when they receive it from what I created. And so it's, it's, a, it's a, a sharing of, of gifts. I, I get my feelings that are wonderful, and they get to have their own feelings. And, and it's from the same picture. And, and it's a lovely experience. And when I see this picture, Miss Whitaker said that she couldn't see the pictures. Like, she didn't want them. And she didn't want the drawings. But when they were hung, what did Miss Whitaker do? And what did she use to see them? And, and I wonder, what do you think she's feeling? Maybe. Maybe. And so I wonder maybe what you might be able to create for someone and what that gift might look like. The next morning, Stillwater told Michael, Miss Whitaker used to teach English. She did? asked Michael. Then Stillwater said, Miss Whitaker, did you know Michael is going to be in a spelling bee? Well, said Miss Whitaker, I know something about that. Now listen, just like plants, words have roots, Miss Whitaker said. A plant grows from its roots, and so do words. Roots of words can teach you to spell. And with that, Michael spent the morning with Miss Whitaker studying for the spelling bee. The next day, Stillwater found Koo looking up at the apple tree in Miss Whitaker's front yard. Oh, hello, Stillwater, said a voice from up in the tree. Can you catch me? I was getting some apples for Miss Whitaker, said Carl. This morning's sunlight, gathering apples and a boy, said Koo. After the spelling bee, Michael raced to Miss Whitaker's. I did it, said Michael. I made it all the way through to the end. Good, said Stillwater. So you were not too nervous? The judges were nothing compared to Miss Whitaker, said Michael. <laughs> yeah, said Carl. Just this morning she was shouting at us again. Then why are you smiling, asked Stillwater. She was telling us to get out of the street and play in her yard. So, like with Michael, sometimes the things we're afraid of doing, if we get a little help and we practice, we can get better at them. I used to be terrified to sing in public. Five years ago, I would stand way away from a microphone when we sang the hymn so none of you could hear me. But I got a vocal coach, and I practiced, and now I sing out loud all the time. In fact, the other night I was at home, and I had the doors open and the windows open because it was a nice, cool night, and I was singing out loud as I did things around the house. And my neighbor came over and said, Thanks for the free concert, but it's getting late. Could you stop now? <laughs> On the last day of Koo's visit, Michael presented Miss Whitaker with the ribbon he got at the spelling bee. Carl gave her the apples he had gathered. My mother taught me to make apple tea, said Miss Whitaker. I haven't made it for years, and now Addie and I have made some for you. Again, it's such kindness to make tea for somebody, to gather your friends around you. The connection that we have with each other because of kindnesses is so enormous. And it's so important to just spend that extra time and energy. It's very easy when you're in your working stage of life to feel just rushed off your feet and like you don't have any time to sit with people and relationships need 
quantity time as well as quality time. You know what I'm saying? They need just hanging out, doing nothing time. And making apple tea sounds fun. I'm trying to imagine what it would taste like. When it was time to say goodbye, Addie, Michael, and Carl gave Koo a big hug. So now we're learning how to say goodbye well. Saying goodbye well is very, very important. I'm not good at it. Um, I've gotten better over the years. But you know how you go to a conference, and this is the Unitarian Universalist conferences that I have gone to. At the end of the conference, they have a great big circle out in the field, and everybody um, sings a sappy song and holds hands and hugs and um, cries. And some people get mad because you're crying too much or hugging too much, and other people don't like... Ugh, anyway... I usually just leave before that. <laughs> and people say, I didn't see you at the circle. And I use the time-honored phrase, uh-huh. <laughs> at least I'm not bad as one of my cousins who, who actually buys jackets at the thrift store and will leave the jacket on a chair as he leaves a party so people think he's coming back. He says that's called an Irish goodbye, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Summer fading, new friends' faces lighten the way home, said Koo. At the train station, Stillwater looked over at Koo. You may throw away your cup now, said Stillwater. Koo shook his head. Nearing my visit's end, summer now tastes of apple tea. I will keep my cup, said Koo. About saying goodbye. Sometimes you give a hug if the person would welcome a hug. You can ask. Sometimes you talk a little bit about your time together. You tell about one good thing you remember from this visit. A good thing. Maybe you have a memento that you keep from the visit. John Muth put this in here because he had uh, heard a story about a teacher at a Zen retreat center who, that, there was, that summer, the, the retreat center had very, very little, uh, few resources to buy um, cups and spoons and plates, and so all the students had to use the same things every day. They'd wash them off or wipe them off and use them again. And at the end, uh, he said to his students, okay, you can throw your cups away now. And the students said, oh no, we are keeping these cups. And the cups had been made sacred by, or made special by what had happened to the students while they were using the cups. They'd heard words of wisdom and they'd felt feelings of, of transformation and, and understanding. And, and just because of that, the cups had become special. And I think we, we, a lot of us have things that are special to us that somebody else might look at and go, why is that special? Does anybody have anything that's special, like a lucky t-shirt or a jacket or really fast shoes or a rock that you picked up somewhere.
nearing my visit's end. Summer now tastes of apple tea. I will keep my cup. You all are making this place sacred. And we are learning together how to be good humans. Um, Not that you don't already know that. But we're learning how to welcome. And we're learning how to introduce ourselves. And we're learning how the small kindnesses mean so much. We're learning how to, to try something that we're nervous about being good at. Just by practicing, 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 practicing. You don't have to be good at everything. And you don't have to do everything you're good at. But if you want to be good at something, the best way to do it is to work hard and practice. And then we learned how we feed each other when we're sick. We learned how to clean up the floor and we learned how to make art. All of these little tiny things, these are what make us kind. All of these little tiny things. And I want to tell you that when I was sick for so, so long, I was injured and in a recliner basically for seven months. It was the little tiny things that meant so much. Somebody would send a card. Some of you sent several. Somebody would send flowers. Somebody would make a phone call. Everything, even the little useless-seeming things I know to people who said them, meant a lot. Kindness, my friends. That's one of the ways that we build the beloved community. Now, if you would say with me the words by by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Sing with me if you care to. To love and to all friends, I will sing, I will sing. To love and to all friends, I will sing. To love and to all friends who pain and sorrow end. With thanks until the end, I will sing. I will sing with thanks unto the end, I will sing. In kindness and friendship, let us go and remember, hi, my name is... Very nice. Everybody's named Jules today. Nice to meet you. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.